And my passion is to rid this great nation of America of soccer. I'm never going to rest, never going to tire of trying to show the rest of my fellow citizens that this is a waste of our time, energy, and resources. Hello and welcome to your Let's, Let's Fix Football. Uh, this is your host, Gabe Lezra. What's up? Um, and I'm joined by Evan Matier. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's been basically raining for the entire last week in D.C. Uh, I fucking uh, wish it was raining here. It is. So it's now Laredo has like made the turn, the turn to summer and reminded me that I live in a desert, which I forgot for the last few months because apparently it was a pretty cold winter overall. Right. And it's like 103 or 104 like every single day now. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That is unpleasant. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fucking bad. This is this has been bad because it's been pouring rain, but also like eighty five and extremely humid. So it it has just been. Oh, disaster. that's delicious. Yeah, you know, but, April um, showers bring May showers. Yeah, it's just gonna continue. It's just gonna continue uh, like this forever. I think it's just awful. But uh, the good news is that we have some absolutely hilarious stuff that's gone down. Yeah, um, uh, there's obviously some news, so we have to talk about that. Um, but. I mean, I want to lead with what I think is absolutely the the headline of the week. It's all me. that really matters. The only thing that like, matters. We could probably stop the show after this. We'd be good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sergio Ramos, Real Madrid captain and very good defender, um, yeah, released a not very good <laughs> rap song. He released a rap song, folks. It is it is so goddamn bad. It is on his Instagram, but it's, guess what, also on iTunes and Spotify, which leads me to believe this wasn't as much of a joke as I thought it was when he released it, and that he actually like poured his soul into it, which is really not great. Now, I think we're going to find out that... Like this, it's gonna be like our journey with the Alexi Lalas album. Yeah, is yeah. first we're gonna listen to it and be like, this is really funny and bad. But huh. then we're gonna realize that like there's a whole album coming. The same way that with Alexi, oh. we realized it was on like his fourth album <laughs> and had been doing in studio albums for like a decade and a half. We're yeah. gonna find that Sergio Ramos is trying to be the next Clint Dempsey. And has a whole album, whole rap album coming. And the next Royston, there's actually like a relatively long tradition, right, of uh, 
soccer and just generally athletes going into to do like hip hop. Yeah, yeah, into well, I mean, like, music. Shaq has didn't Shaq like Hell put yeah. out it? Shaq's yeah. album though. Shaq <laughs> is surprisingly not as bad at that as you'd think. Like, no, that's think, really true. He talks really slow and deep, and he doesn't seem to have like the mental acuity that a lot of the great rappers have. But like, he actually has real flow and can kind of do it, which is not much low mental acuity is the most accurate description of Shaq as a he's person. A, like, he's a smart heard. guy, but. But he doesn't he's, that. He's, so that he's not, you know, quick like the way you need to be for doing a rap. I would yeah, also but say also this is a man who like in fr- the like freestyle, like came up with Kobe. Tell me how my ass tastes. Right. Exactly. It's which so is, good. you know, one of the great lines. So ever. Right. And well, let, let's just I, I will say for Sergio um, and I'm going to run some of this uh, eventually, but not not yet. I will say for, say for Sergio that he also is of the Shaq brand in that he has um, a couple of lines that are really funny, but. If this is serious, then I don't know what to make of it. Uh, so let me let me just um, read you the English. I think the I think a strong English translation uh, of of the chorus, um, uh-huh. which is let's see, um, let's see. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> this is so good, guys. Um, I'm very excited. I haven't heard any of this. Okay, yet. Okay, okay, okay. I'm. Uh, I'm trying to find the the best translation because I have it here. I don't want to translate on the fly. I know that Marka did a um, a translation, uh, and so I'm trying to find the exact chorus line um, that they that they had for it. But you know what? Whatever. I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna start reading some lyrics because my God, are they good? Um, all right. So here's the best one. I think the best lyric is the the way the song begins, uh, which is. He didn't he, he didn't grow up with you know uh no 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 he was born with two gold balls and uses them well uh. <laughs> 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 I I mean it, and it's in Spanish, part. right? The gold balls, ballon d'or, ballon doors, right? Like it's it's the same. It's ballon's door. Ballon is the order, right? Right. It, but but it's it's it is an obvious just talking about his balls. Yeah, like, it's testicles. <laughs> yeah, he has, he's got he's got strong testicles. Uh, <laughs> he also at one point insists that his balls are not for sale, which is interesting. Um, and that he is the best defender in the world, bro. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know what's funny about that is to the extent that his balls are supposed to be like making him what what is is what makes him a good defender. Right? He thinks because of his balls, his like steel, that makes him a good defender. Like that's what that first line's about. His balls literally are for sale because he literally sells his services to Real Madrid. Mm. Well, in the same way that everyone's balls are for sale. And he also right. le- left Sevilla for Real Madrid, but whatever. I mean, it's also really cool because this song is delivered in his, you know, chunks of it in his own, like, Sevillano, like, like Spanish dialect-ish. It's not really a dialect, but it's like a, a really obvious accent when you listen, when you know Spanish. So we're, we're going to play it. But hang on, here, let me just <laughs> read the translation of the chorus, which is hilarious uh, also. In the end, the battle was won because he never throws in the towel, the flower of the garden, the watchtower. It's just, oh, God, it's just so fucking well, That just doesn't make sense. I, I just don't even understand that. That's very confusing. Uh, he's, the, he's number one, number the number four, 
they uh, didn't believe him, and they tried to throw him in this in the corner. Uh-huh. Uh, his his first oh, yeah, salary was very high, and now he has uh, the captain's bracelet for Spain. He's number one, the number four. It's awesome. So so I had heard, so Quattro was like the only word I was able to pick out when I listened to it, and I remember hearing it a lot. Yeah, it's it's just a, you know, the song is called SR4. Ah. Um, which, you know, is just... It's just awful. And it is I, the, no, it, what it is, is the, it's the next Mijente, it's the next Despacito, it's going to take over the world. <laughs> he, all right, yeah, you're right. That's what it really needs. It needs Justin Bieber to come in and do a verse in Spanish on it. <laughs> That's what every song needs, to be honest. <laughs> a song that couldn't use like, Justin yeah. Bieber coming in and, and, and spitting some lyrics in Spanish. It's like, what, what really put Despacito over the top? Like, no one liked it before Justin Bieber. I'm making jokes, obviously, people do did love that song before yeah, Justin really Bieber did. did the remix, but his remix was hilarious and it put it like it put it on the top of that chart for such a long time. And you know what? If he came in, I bet I bet he could uh, rescue some of this song. So, so Sergio Ramos needs a Clint Dempsey to come and do a remix with him, and Royston Drenthe, and really to cap it off, Shaq. Shaq would really uh, make this song. But what? So Shaq, I'm not sure about because what if what if we can make a footballer hip hop supergroup? Oh yeah, Hesse also does one. Um, d- does uh, music as well. So that's another I football. Think this would, I think this would be a great grift if we can get in on managing this super group. <laughs> well, they would probably sell out stadiums. Like, not. I don't know. I don't think they would sell out stadiums there. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> you get one tour. <laughs> you get one tour. You get two stops probably. Probably like, or maybe people would show up just to watch the train wreck, which is another <laughs> classic. All right, I'm gonna play this song. I'm gonna play some of that song now. Así que sigue así, trenes sin frenos con frenesí. El blanco negro nunca es gris. El churro está en el centro aquí. MVP de la Champions League, la orejona para Chamartín. Y al final se ganó la batalla. Okay, so um, that was SR4 by Sergio Ramos. And there is, you have it. That's your Lexus football for this week. There it is. All right. Um, let's, uh, we're going to just head out. That song is available to, to get download on iTunes. <laughs> 99 cents, folks. 99 cents. <laughs> what is it, $1.29 for a song now? I don't even know. I think it's a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's like $1.29. Uh, you can also get it on Spotify. I mean, what this is, Evan, I mean, what he is is a SoundCloud rapper. That's yeah. what he is. Yeah, but with like, but but it's this, it's the same as Alexi, right? It's this, it's like, except for I think Alexi is a little bit more talented. Like, <laughs> I know no, it's that's, bad, I that's but like, true. but I, I guess what I was saying is that like anybody with enough money can Rebecca Black themselves onto Spotify. That's a really good point. Yeah, so if you have enough money, you can always Rebecca Black yourself into uh, onto Spotify. So that's that's pretty much what happened here. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I, it's been and, a yeah. good show. It's been a good show. Um, great talking to you. No, it, it all serious. It, it owns that Sergio Ramos is a spot of, or is a SoundCloud rapper. Everyone should toss in some money to his cash.me account to make sure that he can pursue his dreams, uh, and, uh, become the 
awesome, incredible rapper that we know he was meant to be by, because this song was so good. Um, so just a couple more awesome lyrics before before we go. Uh, he... <laughs> He, I mean, he does make references to his, all the people that follow him. Shout out on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the fact that he takes uh, Panenka penalties, uh, among other things that he talks about on this show, which are extremely funny. And I would encourage you all to just listen to all of it, um, in, including his um, if you're a Real Madrid fan, <laughs> he, he shouts out a number of his famous things, including the 92-48, which is the second the minute that he scored that header in the in the Champions League final. Which is of the, course, of course, the, he said that. The video is mostly like of like Champions League trophies and stuff like that. It's pretty much just panning through a trophy case. I mean, if you're gonna do a uh, rap like this, I I think that's the way to. Do it. That's all, right? you, yeah, no, that's all you can do. Like a good rap video, a lot of times is just the guys like rapping at the camera while they they have like their 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 dudes behind them and like their money yeah. basically. So like that's yeah. a fine rap video in my view. Do you so, think that he's gonna pin like pin the video for this? The pin the tweet of this video like to the top of his Twitter feed? I hope so. That's the Alexi move. I mean, I, I mean that's that. You know, and 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 that he and if he goes through and like responds to every comment, even the negative ones, because that's thanks for the, listening. Like, yeah, drive, drive. Thanks for listening. Drive up those interactions. That's what I want to see. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so cool. He should. He's so cool. This is such I a see cool thing. Mixtapes outside the Bernabeu. <laughs> Just handing people his single, <laughs> being, and then like rushing after them, being like, "Hey, like you got to pay for that." Hey, t- yeah, it's fifteen bucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> and you like rap? It's like, yeah, actually, I do. It's like, oh, well, check this out. It's like, oh, great. I, it's, it's like, yeah, you 15 can. Bucks. It's like, what? oh, yeah, 15 bucks. Give me money. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, so transitioning into uh, some some of the more newsy stuff, we have to just go through some of this stuff. Uh, obviously, Chelsea beat United today in the FA Cup. Um, Yawn. Unbelievably boring game. Uh like crazy, crazy boring. The only interesting and funny thing about this game came afterwards when Mourinho had a hilarious uh, comment that he said unironically somehow. Um, he said, they only play long balls to Giroud to flick and then Azard to get second balls and individual actions. And when you play against a team so predictable, it is <laughs> quite easy to adapt to it. He said, I think my understanding is he said this before the game. I don't remember. I don't know exactly when he said this, but it's quite funny because that's literally Mourinho's strategy. So he has built a career, an entire career on that, right? On the smash and grab. That's yeah. all that's all Mourinho's ever been. And I yeah, I the lack of self-awareness to make that comp you almost I almost it almost I bet you he's trolling. Like he has to know that that's hit the criticism of him Does and he? i i think it's i think it's a big meta troll that i mean it, that's giving him a lot of credit i i you know i would love to believe that uh shout out to the awesome united fan who said after this unbelievably boring match that so freaking happy with how we played today also showed that conte was too afraid to have an open game i'd rather lose playing well and have the actual progress which is the attacking united way Better I have absolutely no if any of that's true because I just did not watch this game was, and I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch any highlights and I really don't care. Yeah, don't. I wouldn't spend any time on it. I tried to watch about 20 minutes of it. It did not. None of what this man is saying was seemed correct to me, um, which was extremely, extremely funny uh, because 
if this is like watching United play well, then what is watching United play badly? Like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, so they lost on a on a penalty kick. I mean, this is a this is a crazy boring game. But the good news was there was actually exciting exciting football today as um my I think it's Frankfurt, um Eintracht Frankfurt beat uh Bayern Munich in the DFB Pokal um to do to prevent Bayern from getting the domestic double. It was absolutely shocking upset because essentially no one in the Bundesliga is at Bayern's level normally. But yeah. for whatever reason, they just ate it today. That's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And that was a good game, too. I mean, Bayern had a number of penalties that were that were possible. There was a lot of controversy. It was just open, exciting football. Um, I just need to double check because I'm, I don't want to uh, – uh, I don't want to – I don't want to lead you all the wrong way and give you the wrong team <laughs> that played that played Bayern today. Uh, yeah, it was Frankfurt. Okay, good. I wasn't I wasn't being crazy when I was watching that game. Um, so yeah, that was that was you know some of the newsy stuff um, just from from today. I don't have much to to say to add to just the kind of hilarity of the results. Also hilarious is. Um, Barcelona um, was on track for an invincible season. It really would have been a historic accomplishment. It never really been done in Spain before. Um, they lost it. They, they lost it after seemingly um, cementing it by drawing Real Madrid in the in the in the Camp Nou. They lost it to Levante away from home. Levante is a not a good team this year at all. Um, and they lost five to four, which is um, they let Levante score five goals. So. Yeah, that's, that's actually way more funny than Bayern losing. Oh, yeah. No, no. This is yeah. way funnier. Yeah, this is hilarious. Yeah. And, like, the, the the amount of, like, you know, just confidence and shit-talking that, that the Barcelona people were doing about the this potential invincible season to, to lose it to Levante. I mean, like, they won the league, so who cares, really? But the the invincible stuff like i mean we had arsenal it was it's such a big deal that we had arsenal fan tv ask like which is more impress like which is a better accomplishment the invincible season from from the wenger Thierry Henry era or manchester united's uh, treble uh and yeah so it's the treble first of all but second of all the fact that that's <laughs> yeah. even a question Shows how Im- Im- like important it would have been to, and how historic it would have been to get an invincible season, and they didn't. They didn't get it. They lost to Levante nope. five to four. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's a big choke job. Really, that's pretty funny. But yeah, the answer is the treble. So the answer is the treble. It's not. It's and not it, even a question, really. So and and I mean, the invincible season isn't even better than like Man City's hundred point season. is better than the invincible season. Like by definition, more points is better. Yeah. You can draw. I mean, you can do an invincible season and not win the league. Right. Yeah. You like, yeah. You know, City dropped a couple of games, but they also beat the living piss out of basically everybody else. So, right. But yeah, so they won the league and that's great. Real Madrid um, and Liverpool play in the Champions League next week. Uh, great. I'm excited. I'm not really. I'm actually extremely nervous, but whatever. Um, there's some. I'm, yeah. I, 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 I only care mostly. To the extent that if Madrid wins, then Spurs bop, bump up to pot two. That's all I really care about in the Champions League. Well, that is that's, that's a good enough reason. That's a root good for enough reason for you to root for Real Madrid. I'll give you a yeah. second one: is that a lot of Liverpool fans are hating on Spurs 
this season. They really um, are. And you know what? Fuck them. They finished in third. <laughs> uh, finished in third. Liverpool finished in fourth. And it's like the eighth out of 10 years the Spurs have finished ahead of Liverpool. So fuck off. Uh, let's see. So there's some MLS stuff. Um, I think the main MLS news surrounds the – I mean, obviously, this is this is an episode. We're not going to talk too much about MLS. But this is a uh, – the main MLS news surrounds the end of the uh, – uh, the end of the European season and which old players or which like close to old and over the hill players are going to come be signed by MLS teams as their big savior right now. Evan, the talk is that <laughs> DC United is going to make a play for Wayne Rooney, um, yeah. which as a, a putative DC United fan, I'm extremely nonplussed by. So, I mean, let's be clear. Wayne Rooney is, still better than basically every player in MLS, like almost all of them. So he's, I think it's actually a good move for him. It's also not going to make completely worthless and irrelevant United any like good. Like they're still terrible and they're going to be terrible. Um, so, you know, he's going to do some stuff and he's going to be kind of fun to watch. I don't, I I'm, I'm interested to see where he plays. Um, you know, he's going to try to go back up top. He's going to try, like he hasn't been that effective kind of in the number 10 role that he tried to adjust to in, uh, in England. So where's he play? I don't know, but it, I'm probably, you're not going to see him play much because United's fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, I will because I'm in DC, but that's the only yeah. reason. I mean, yeah. other Everton news, uh, big Sam out the door, oh, unfortunately, you know, man, very disappointing. Um, you know, obviously he didn't do a good job with Everton. No, he's a bad fucking coach. He's a terrible coach, but <laughs> we are really huge fans coach. of his. No, we love him, and it has nothing to do with his coaching. He's just really funny. He's really funny, and his his style – what I really like about him is that he has seen the progression of modern football, and every year his teams do worse, and he is worse in relation to him. Somehow English people keep talking themselves – English teams keep talking themselves into hiring him, and it is it is just worse and worse every year as to, as as the the game evolves away from the what what I say I think we can comfortably call the Big Sam style, which is just huck it up to your huge uh, number nine guy and hope that he scores. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is that like even in England, like he's not the best at doing that. So Tony Pulis is be- way better at Pulis ball. Of just locking it down and then uh, you know winning, having a lot of no no draws, the occasional one right. zero win, and and like so, Pulis is the guy you want to just keep you from getting relegated. Yeah, um, yeah. He's just better, better at being a shitty coach, and like just the guy that you call on when you just for whatever reason. I mean, what what it shows to me that the the fact that uh, that that Big Sam keeps getting hired is that that there's a just a genuine lack of uh, uh, just a genuine lack of. I think imagination in the, in the, in the, in the minds of these owners of these clubs, right? Because like, how the hell do you keep hiring this guy? He's, he's fucking terrible. His teams all play badly. Like, like Everton after like a couple of years flirting with being considered an okay club is now absolutely bottomed out and they suck. Yeah. I mean, they're a great example of, of like, how shitty management can really just sink a team because they pretty much have the same budget as Spurs um, overall. And the results are just not the same. Um, I mean, they spent their net spend is way more than Spurs in the last couple transfer windows, especially this past window. Um, You know, Spurs basically have a net 
net zero net spend. Um, so like same type of size of club, same type of wage bill, same type of transfer budget and just oof, the results are not there for Everton, not which is at all. What they finished like eighth or ninth this year. Not great. Especially after like, fl- like again, like flirting with real relevance and they are just now just, just fucking terrible. So I, uh, you know, shout out to him. I wanted to mention just with the, um, there is there is one po- other point about English football I wanted to bring up, which is um, after so now uh, Mourinho's United, which finished in second, had a, I think a, a fine year overall. But I mean, you can say all you want about Pep Guardiola's and City's massive transfer spends over the last couple of years, but you know it's not like United didn't spend a just absolutely insane amount of money also, and. They come away from it looking really bad, and I think the question is, what is this an indictment of? Is this an indictment of uh, United's transfer policy? Is this an indictment of Mourinho as a manager? Both. My my money is on a little bit of both, um, but more on Mourinho. Got to say, because you you bring in Paul Pogba, who in my view was the absolute pearl of that transfer market, and reduce him to not being that good. And then you go out and you get Lukaku, who I think is a little bit overrated, but who, again, plays okay for you, even though he just had a quite a good year for Everton. So you're you're taking these players who were pretty good. You get Alexis, right? You're taking these players that were pretty good and turning them into players who are now not pretty good. So, Well, the reason I think it's a little bit of both is because it like the squad construction just doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So it's like they're buying individually good players, but it doesn't make any fucking sense what they're doing with them. Um, and they had, and they're trying to play basically without a midfield. Um, <laughs> and it turns out that you can't just play with six forwards. Really? Like it's sh- I mean, I think Real Madrid would say otherwise, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, Real Madrid that let in one of the higher, higher oh, totals you- of goals over the yeah. course of the season, um, that over like so in in this um, also United would fucking kill to have you know Luka Modric and Tony Cruz in mid midfield. Yes, like, yes, yes. And like, good uh, God, right? And you know I think Madrid is going to address some of those issues in the transfer market. We'll probably do a whole you know segment on transfers and eventually that's going to be incredibly boring and not fun. But I know other people people care about transfers and find them very interesting. I find them incredibly, incredibly tedious and boring. They're, they're very tedious just because of how many stupid nonsense rumors there are, but this might be a pretty bonkers window because it's shortened by the world cup. So yeah, that could be fun. I'm excited for it. Um, world cup windows also tend to really skew the market and create, yeah. you know, peaks and valleys and valuations. Uh, we'll talk about one of them in a little bit, but uh, last thing I wanted to mention, Mario Balotelli, come to MLS. It's time, buddy. Do it. Do it. Come to MLS, Mario. It's it's calling to you. I would love to if you come to DC, I will go and buy a DC United jersey with your name on it and I will I will buy tickets to DC United games. That I prom that I promise. I guarantee Wait, did he do, it. He's at he's at like what, like Marseille right now? Something no, like no, that? No, no, he's at he's at um I can't remember. It's not Marseille, Lyon, he's in or PSG. He's, he's, he's in France. He's in France somewhere. I think, yeah. But whatever, it doesn't matter. He's awesome. Come to MLS. You, you would. I mean, Nice. He's at Nice. You could go and reunite with Zlatan in, uh, in 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 LA. That also is another option for you. Just FYI, you should consider that. But consider DC. Consider LA. 
come to MLS. Um, all right, so we have some FIFA related news. Just first of all, I just, I mean, we should, I think, just quickly shout out to the Argentine Federation for maybe the 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 stupidest, most tone deaf thing that any federation has done yet. Uh, before this World Cup, which is pass out a handbook to journalists that includes, and um, this is not a joke, you can look this up, an entire section on how to pick up Russian women. Um, and it's it's literally, you know, the title is what you have to do uh, to have a chance with a Russian girl. Uh, it is just hilarious. And I don't really know, like... <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of these are saying you need to shower, which is also really yeah, yeah, The first one is be clean. <laughs> and then the next, like, six are be interesting. <laughs> That's right. It's, you need and to then, shower. Like, the last couple is don't be mean. <laughs> don't talk about your money. <laughs> don't talk about your money. Though that one I think is hilariously stupid. And it, I only mean it in this sense, which is, like, I think that this might have this – was, this was given to, like, players coaches staff like how did the journalist get a hand i thought it was passed out to journalists too i guess not. I, it, it, it was part so it was, it was like a program for people going to um to russia including players staff managers and journalists so like the journalists are obviously the ones who were instantly like taking pictures of the pamphlet but i think this was given to players too and that's even stupider <laughs> that's even dumber the players Oh my god! It's so. This is so stupid. I, it's awesome. I. Uh, but yeah. So you should read all of them. I'm just gonna read the first few. Um. Obviously, the first one is literally Russian girls. Um. Like any other girls, play close attention to if you're clean. You smell yeah. good. I mean, like this is well incredible. Dressed. Um. Russian girls do not like to feel like objects. So that's just Russian girls specific to them, specific to them though. Like, right. Don't try. You don't, you know, American girls, you might be able to objectify Argentinian girls, <laughs> right. Argentine. but, you can't, but you can't be objectifying Russian women. <laughs> they don't like it. They also say many men, because the Russian women are beautiful, only want to take them to bed. <laughs> men only want one thing, you know, uh, be interesting is the next one. Um, the last, the next one after that is don't be negative. Um, and it's just, it's really short. This one's going to read the whole thing. Don't be negative. The women avoid people that only see the negative things in the work, in relationships, in life. That's it. So I was really glad at this part of the guide that it di- it wasn't going down the pickup artist road. And it wasn't like, you should probably call her fat and get her separated from her friends. Yeah, that well, I mean, it was a little bit surprising that this wasn't just like a chapter from one of those pickup artist people. Yeah. Um, do not, here's another good one. Do not ask the typical questions. Be original. Usually they like to know about you, so give them some information. <laughs> Uh, isn't, isn't one of the next ones like the, the Russia for Russian women, sex is a very private topic. So don't ask them questions about it in public. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Russian women like the men that take the initiative. If you do not have confidence in the same, then you will need to practice talking with more women. Oh my God. I didn't even see this one on my first read through. (laughs) This is literally if if you don't know how to talk to women as human beings, you should practice. (laughs) You should practice. You should just talk more. (laughs) Maybe, maybe make some friends. 
<laughs> don't be, don't just be, you know, smelly and ugly and incredibly depressed and negative and, 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 and wealthy. And right. And don't also flaunt your wealth somehow. Um, this is great. Um, so everyone, yeah, shout out Argentine Federation. It's really good. Um, they apologized for it and a promise to investigate how it got a- printed in the first place. Which- Apparently, hilariously, right after they handed it out, they were immediately taking the notebooks back and ripping the chapter out. <laughs> but one of the journalists managed to, like, you know, shuffle away his version. And that's how we that's how we got this gem. That's so cool. It's so I'm so glad that we have this. This is really wonderful. Um so, yeah, the AFA appears to have realized right away that they fucked it up. The, they, um, so they got it in a, a course. Uh, it was taught by a Russian language teacher, teacher Eduardo Panisi, um, which included a, a manual, Russian language and culture, which was uh, written by him and approved by the AFA. Um, but, yeah, so they just you know, got it back and ripped out the chapter, which rules. Um, and let's see, another FIFA-related news. Okay, so this is going to sound worse, I think, than it, than it actually is, but um, noted corrupt person, Michelle Platini, has admitted to being a corrupt person and said, um, and the, the top line headline is quite bad. It just said, we rigged the 1998 World Cup. That's, that's really, I mean, it literally, these, a lot of these are literally saying Platini admits the 1998 World Cup was fixed. Um, the actual story here is not as much of a uh, exactly what you would think it is when you hear that, which is, wow, so they got the referees to give the, the World Cup to France. No, it's it's sort of like that. It's, it's more that the FIFA organizers from France made it so that there was no way that France and Brazil, who was the prohibitive favorite, would end up playing each other until the final assuming yeah. yeah so basically what it was they rigged the groups um and in in that uh uh, uh in the bracket right so they, they made sure that basically yeah. brazil and france would end up on either side of the bracket and like to be clear this is exactly what like seeded tournaments do right. um so it's not like that bad in the grand scheme of things in the sense that i don't think it super delegitimizes the french um the French championship because they still had, they still had to and did beat Brazil anyway. Right. And Um, all of the rigging was assuming France and Brazil topped their group because if they didn't, then they could have played almost immediately. Exactly. Um, And so like on the one hand, I don't think it's that bad. On the other hand, like it's only not that bad grading on a FIFA corruption curve. Exactly. This isn't, you know, literally cartoon villain, you know, shit that they normally do. This is just like kind of, corporate corruption that probably we shouldn't be doing. And if it were in America, we would be really upset about it. Like if we, yeah. if we the found pro- out that, you know, someone did something, I mean, they, you can't even really do this, but if someone did something to rig the, the NBA playoffs so that, um, you know, certain teams wouldn't play until the fi- the conference finals. I mean, I don't really know even yeah, which I mean, but, this but is. But the thing is that we've set, we set it up that way above board, right, by seeding right. the tournament. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's why it's not really that bad is because it's, they just basically, you know, replicated what happens when you seed the tournament. The only problem is that they did it secretly. Which and, is, you and, know. Which is a problem. It is actually. Like, a it's problem. against the rules. So, like, they, bro- they still broke the rules because the rules don't, you know, have seeding that same way. Um, 
but it's not like fun substantively that big a deal. It's more more like a procedural defect, right? Right. Uh, Because substantively it's not that big a deal because a seeded tournament is a perfectly acceptable way of organizing a tournament. Right. And you know, what, what really gets me about it is just that, you know, it's such, it's such bad press. Like he kind of fluked himself into this and this is the same dude that already had received bans and stuff from the, his own federation for doing really corrupt shit. Uh, yeah. And he had, he had received wafer bans uh, relating to the improper transfer of money. So, you know, you would get the sense that maybe he would have a little bit of, you know, thought. He put a little bit of thought into his words if he's going to say, look, we, we, we set it up the tournament so that these two teams would play. He wouldn't say, literally, we fixed it. You can't say fixing it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, that is yeah. such an insane thing to do. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's got stock in like a, a football newspaper and just wanted some clicks. Holy shit, he's just doing it for the clicks, for the content. For the Maybe content. that's what if that's what Sergio Ramos is doing? He's just doing the shit for the likes, for the lulls, the content, right. all the way back to the top. Right, like he maybe he gets paid more by some maybe he's got maybe he has like in a sponsorship contract like claw escalators for the number of Twitter followers he gets or number of Twitter interactions. And like it doesn't matter if they're good or bad interactions, he's just yep. totally exploiting that contract. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna be mentioned eight trillion times by people tweeting my hilariously bad rap. Yeah, that is and then, then I'm gonna fucking get paid. I've been thinking a lot about whether some of these people doing are doing some of this shit just because it's really good content. Like that is really funny content, if, if you know, assuming that that's what's going on, but I don't think that's what's happening. Uh, so, yeah, this isn't as bad as it seems. It's bad, but it's we're, we have to grade it on a FIFA curve. We can't, we can't let the fact that they are saying this shit <laughs> distract us from the fact that the um, Qataris literally bought their World Cup, as did the Russians, um, and that right now we're in a situation where it's possible that yeah, the Moroccans are going to go buy their World Cup. So, um, or the Americans, <laughs> North American bid will, or whatever. So, this isn't that bad on on their scales, but it's bad on a lot of other scales and on a normal human being, non, you know, poisoned by having read all of the FIFA shit scale. Right. Um. All right. Some American uh stuff on the American side, um, in Europe. So the main person in Europe that is American that we deal with is Christian Pulisic. And we had a article um, on Stars and Stripes FC that was citing reporting done in Sports Illustrated uh, about how it's possible that Tottenham Hotspur are going to make a bid for Christian Pulisic at 40 million pounds, which is, to me, it seems crazy under market. Yeah, but- what, what you didn't mention is that like the Sports Illustrated source was actually my FIFA save. <laughs> it was a good source to be fair where where and i purchased christian pulisic on every save uh for, for about 40 million too because that's about that's about where where fifa wow uh, that's interesting values him. but, but fifa doesn't value neymar at 200 million so no no and in real life christian pulisic so first off i think he is probably moving this year yeah i agree um, i think it's i think, I think he will move Somewhere this summer, I don't think it's going to be Liverpool, which has been he's been linked with Liverpool a lot. Um, I don't I don't think that's super likely. I know I did not really think Spurs were likely either uh, before this reporting, but it's like doesn't seem super made up. And it makes sense for Spurs. It's you know, they first off, they play young players. Um, So he would get a lot of minutes that he might not get, you know, at, at Liverpool. Um, Pochettino has a great track record for developing young players. 
Spurs have a really big, you know, they have a good reason to want to make a splash. They're moving into a new stadium. They've said they want a marquee signing to do that. Um, they want to build, you know, build up their American audience. So it makes a ton of sense for them too. I think the real question is, you know, I think there's, you know, Spurs are probably Pulisic curious. It's more like, are they actually going to be able to afford him or is someone with a lot more money going to swoop in and double the price? Well, and that's, um, that's what I, so that's, I mean, when we discussed this, I, I basically said there, there are a number of like possible options that this could be in my view. And like, I mean, some of them are, you know, yeah, this just made up. Second of all, it could be like the the people are leaking this to see like what the reaction is from other teams or the press or whatever. Uh, and what's really amazing to me is that they're two. I mean, like obviously, I mean, I think that it's very unlikely this is just made up. It doesn't seem like it because it doesn't seem like like it seems like uh, a thing that is m- more likely to be true than not based on the source and based on just the different interests that are at play there. Like it makes sense. First of all, that Tottenham would be asking around. It makes sense that BVB would be, you know, interested in maybe raising the price through a leak like this. So like if, for example, if someone hears that a 19 year old winger who's been playing with a, like, you know, an exciting BVB side for the last few years, uh, starting right. He has been, you know, one of their better players. Like if you hear that and then you hear this guy's available for 40 million in the market where, Kylian Mbappe went for 190 million. Like uh, Neymar went for 220. Like the the where Usman Dembele went for what 150. Like this is this is quite a bargain. And so you might feel like someone on on the side of the people trying to make money off of this sale have leaked this, right? Like that makes yeah. that would make sense to and, me because if you're Barcelona, yeah. if you're Real Madrid, if you're Bayern, even you might see this and be like, oh wait a minute, like. You know, this is something that we're gonna just we'll, we'll just toss fifty million at them to see if they'll right. They'll think right. Oh, bite. Tottenham's talking forty. Well, here's sixty. Right, and and then go from there. And and I mean, it should be said that Tottenham has been notorious as a team that agents use as just like a sounding board in the media with mm. transfer rumors to uh, to try to try to do exactly this and drive up prices and like let it be known that a player's on the market. Um, just because of Tottenham's position, like in, in England and in the table, they're kind of always linked to players. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're, they're always a plausible link is what I mean. Right. And so they, they may, they've always made a lot of sense for agents uh, to do this. And so it's entirely possible that's what's going on here. But it's also possible, right? Like the thing is that, that, that maybe more than any other summer, I kind of buy the idea that perhaps there could be a straight – you know, a, you know a, a, a number of moves that go on here. For example, if Tottenham is feeling like, hey, it's going to be quite hard to hang on to some of these players, going and getting Pulisic to, say, replace, I don't know, Erickson or someone isn't like an insane thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think Spurs are going to sell any of the big players this summer. I don't think they're going to make a big sale going into the new stadium. I and mean, I think they're going to fight like hell to avoid anything um, just because the narrative going to the new stadium is really important for them. Um, I think it makes sense from the standpoint that they want to not just keep everyone, but also make a big splash going into the new stadium. It's just I mean, all about, actually would be a big splash. It in, would be a huge name in the international um, media. Yeah. And especially in the U S media. And it's worth keeping in mind that the, that Tottenham is actively trying to grow its American uh, viewership. That's a big reason why they've signed this 10 year deal to play two, I think game uh, NFL games a year yeah. at, um, at the new white heart lane. Like, so this is, it fits a lot of different, you know, 
checks a lot of boxes, right? Yeah, checks a lot of boxes in you know uh, in Tottenham's um, kind of business plan and, and right. transfer approach. And so you know we'll see. I, I think there's also a, a sense that you know if if Pulisic is going to go below market, you know, maybe it happens something like this. The clubs with a lot more money are going to wait for the World Cup to shake out and see, you know, who they want to buy, like who's the star from the World Cup, who they want to buy from that. You know, Pulisic isn't going to the World Cup. So, well, that's exactly what I was saying. It actually does. It makes it because, like I I was mentioning earlier, I was mentioning earlier, right? The World Cup does tend to create inflation peaks and valleys in the valuation of players. Um, And it is not insane to think that after a World Cup where, say, X or Y new, you know, teenage star emerges from some other country, uh, Pulisic gets a little bit left behind. Uh, We also know for a fact, Evan, that Pulisic's entourage, like his agent and the people that are involved with him, right, do actually really value, uh, do actually really value like uh, opportunity to play and develop as a player. And, you know, you get the sense that, that Spurs are, would be an attractive place to go if you're a a kid looking to continue your development because they have such a good track record of developing young talent. Yeah. And I mean, you just think about the kind of the Christian Bale or Christian Bale, <laughs> Gareth Bale uh, model, right? So, you know, I think Gareth Bale got to Spurs right around the same age, 19 years old, and then left around what, 23. Um, right. You know, so you could just see a similar thing happening. Like maybe right now is not the time that you want to make a jump to United or to Real Madrid or Barcelona or wherever you want to go to Spurs first, play for three, four years, and then you'll really make that big money move. Right. Um, because know, he's still, he, again, we just really 19, need to 19. underline it. He's 19 years old. That, I think, is part of the thing that, that people are forgetting about him. He's still a teenager. Like, this is really, really, and, like, maybe you don't see the upside. Because I was fighting with some people because I said, look, if he's going for $40 million, Real Madrid should put in a bid. That's too below market for his talent to, to, to avoid just involving yourself. Because, yeah. you know... I'm not saying that, like, obviously, Madrid is stacked with young young talent and young talented wingers. They're they're fine in his position, but it's too good a deal. It's an I asset. Think. Like, it's a huge asset. So you just take it. And if, worst case scenario, you flip him for $60 million in a couple of years. You, you, you loan him. And you can loan him, him yeah, yeah, absolutely. right away. Like, even you, loan you, him you, back to BVB, which plenty of teams right. would do. I mean, like, yep. this is – Madrid has a history of doing that exact thing, actually. But, like, this is not – this uh, this two is too below market. Like we look at the market that's producing, you know, uh, the, like I said, all the people that I mentioned earlier, and there is no inherent valuation for a player. Like they are total. Like everything is controlled by what the market will 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 dictate. And yeah. to me, this seems like quite a misread of the market by BVB. And if so, you should just go get him. And I Spurs think I th- should be prepared to to go get him instantly. If this is the price, I would have said they should have already sent wired the money to BVB yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this would be a, uh, a record signing for Spurs, but it absolutely would be worth it. And I actually think Spurs will put in a record signing this summer. Um, So, you know, we'll see what happens. I think, I think Pulisic ends up going for something closer to 80 million. Um, when it I comes think that's down closer to, it. to his actual, like what the yeah. market would dictate his valuation yeah. is. I, I don't think he breaks a hundred. I don't think he's. He, I don't think he has quite the buzz that you know Dembele or Mbapp, um, Mbappe and you know some of the the crazy bonkers transfers from last summer. Um, you know they had a lot more buzz. They had they you know had deep Champions League runs, things like that. I you know to a certain extent, I we'll see. I'm not sure that this year's market. He's going to be quite as bonkers as last year's market was. 
Um, but could be wrong. I have no idea. <laughs> I think it is. You think it is? I right. do. Be, well, I mean, there are two scenarios which could lead it to not being. First of all, if um, uh, Real Madrid win the Champions League. So that's one. If if you combine Real Madrid winning the Champions League with uh, a World Cup where basically all the favorites win, then maybe not. Because yeah. Madrid will feel like they don't need to totally revamp the squad. Um, and there won't be any obvious addition. I mean, I think Benzema might go, but I, I mean, like Madrid, if they lose the Champions League, this will have been, I think they will widely consider this season to be a bad season and will call for a roster reshifting. You know, Zidane probably sticks around having got the team to this, to the Champions League final. But, you know, I, I do think that if Madrid are in this market, it's going to be mental. Like, because I think we'll see United probably playing. I think, you know, if Liverpool wins the Champions League, they're going to be playing a huge amount of defense to keep their players. Like, you know, Bayern are probably playing. PSG are probably playing in this market. Like, I don't know. I Or maybe PSG my, aren't. I mean, who knows? But So my, my reason for thinking it might not be as bonkers has less to do with whether there's players and more to do with whether there's available talent. Like whether there's the same kind of like generational, young, ridiculously talented players that you're going to want to drop 150 million euros on. That was that's more my question. Well, I mean, and Kevin Kevin McCauley kind of disagreed with us, but I think that Liverpool created a precedent with the Coutinho thing that is going to make it, as we discussed, kind of tough to hang on to Salah. Uh, but I do think that they, that he would command an asking price of. You know, a couple close to a couple hundred million. I mean, yeah, he'd be the he. I think he's he would be the, like the crown jewel of this of this market. Um, and there's a couple other guys like Diabala and stuff like that whose yeah. names get bandied about. Who who could also be and you Griezmann? Know, I think he's is probably moving above a hundred. Um, yeah. So no, there are there are there are players who could potentially be um, you know above that hundred million dollar hundred million euro. Actually, Mark, Barcelona has said that they may make Usman Dembele available again. Really, that'd be funny. Um, which is pretty funny. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. So it's it's it's. But there are, like I said, scenarios where this isn't as crazy a market just because of the the things that the the way things go. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's possible that. Uh, well, it's obviously possible that Liverpool wins the Champions League final, and in that case, I think you will see a, a different market than you would if Madrid win the Champions League final. Uh, yeah. But if Madrid win, I think you could see Barcelona dropping another couple, you know, maybe two, three hundred million to get more players. Even though Barcelona has, by all accounts, had a an, an undisputedly great season. So good thing that Barcelona bought Coutinho and totally doesn't need any other definitely don't attack, need to go attacking out midfielders right, buy another attack like a striking another create kind of creative midfielder. They're good. <laughs> I heard some a couple of Barca fans talking about how they want to get Griezmann and Salah. Do it. Get do them. It. Fucking do it, sucks. man. Just fucking do it. Whatever. Just Erickson sucks by Salah. <laughs> Can you Salah imagine, is really like, fucking good. I just what's the point? What's what's the point anymore? Um, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. Obviously, I think. Um, but I I think that maybe I, we are underrating the fact that Christian Pulisic won't be in Russia, Russia, and like maybe that's literally enough to make him him drop his stock drop a little bit. 
Um, yeah, it could be. And it, I also think it could, you know, it, it could potentially give Spurs a chance to maybe do some quick business. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of wrap it up while other people, are, while other teams are keeping their powder dry. Well, right. Uh, and Real Madrid, for example, may be trying to get Neymar off of PSG, which uh, there's been a lot, like, oh, there's still take, smoke, and there's going to take yeah. a lot of Madrid's resources and attention. interest and attention. Yeah, they're going to just really, it's going to take most of the summer to get that done. If that, if, even if, if it's even a thing, like which that. I really, by the way, am super skeptical of that. Yeah, there's no buyout clause. The only way this happens, in my view, is Neymar if, if Neymar forces his way out, which he might. Yeah, he might actually. God, so I really, I really, I really hate Neymar. He's not. He doesn't seem like a great dude, but you know mm-hmm. what? He is actually genuinely good at this sport. So no, that's true. He's he's good at kicking. <laughs> he's really good at this. So, uh, but yeah. does he have two golden balls? Does he have two golden balls? That's the question. Um, I hope you guys liked our new. Intro, that is something I made. Um, and, you know, that that sort of after Kian and I got a, a, a weird letter from someone saying, don't use our music in your show, I started worrying about rights issues. So I made this. This is a new song. You can't sue me for this. I made this. Um, that's <laughs> true. Content. That is original content. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm going to let us fade out, though, to an even better song, SR4 by Sergio Ramos. Evan, I will uh, talk to you next week, man. Catch you later, man. Quattro. Quattro. SR4. Get it on iTunes right now. Toss some money at his cash.me. SoundCloud. Sergio Ramos. 30 de marzo. Los bloques blancos. No se crió como vos. Nació con dos balones de oro. Los tiene bien puestos. Pronto los vio gabarros. Galas, alfombras rojas, cistro, trajes, no olvida sus orígenes, tatuajes, es una leyenda, su palmarés, es, todos le conocen pero nadie sabe quién es, él va por delante, no vengan a robar a la cárcel, sí que delen de comer aparte, no me comparen, ese mangante con SR4 magnate, trajo la décima, jugando en el alambre, hoy como con Ramos, ayer con Sergio pasé hambre. Tibio al postureo, a la farándula y la vida de teatro Le ponemos una rueda y cuesta abajo Porque sabemos que en Madrid hay en la isla ah, sí, Pero el número uno, el cuatro La tirada se ganó la Regaló nada, ese abdomen es de pico y pala, siempre da la cara. No hay tiempo al corte, jugando el lago, dentro y fuera, cap, capo de capos. Capitán general en la capital, cuenta millones en Twitter, seguidores en Instagram.